If you come from the Catholic tradition, um, the Catholic Church has some, uh, one, one thing that I really appreciate about the Catholic tradition is sometimes they write out belief statements that are helpful. And they do that around Christmas time, and I think it helps frame some thinking. And this is one of those, those statements that comes out of the, the Catholic tradition. It says this, for us and our salvation, for us and our salvation, Jesus came down from heaven. That's a good statement. For us and for our salvation, for life. So if you think about salvation as life, like we as humans are on a path to 100% of us will at some time pass away. All of us will die. And Jesus came for us to give us life and give it to us abundantly. And so when you think about Christmas, so when you see the Christmas trees, um, I'm guessing most of us have a Christmas tree up now in your house, right? And some of you are smiling. I love that. I love when you smile, when you think about those, those images. A Christmas tree, one of the things that helps me is when I look at a Christmas tree and the lights on it, I love the lights on it because the light reminds me that Jesus was the light who came to be present with us. He's for us. He's with us and he is for us. And life is found in Jesus. Like true life is found in Jesus. So Paul, one of the very first Christians, if you've never read Romans chapter 8, I would encourage you this week to open your Bible and um, read your stinking Bible. Uh, <laughs> there's some good stuff in there. Uh, Romans chapter 8, just a powerful, if, you, if you've read Romans or studied Romans, Romans 8 becomes this little bit of a transition where where Paul is, is writing about all these realities of the world and life, and then in 8, he gets to, to chapter 8 and writes, and then he gets to, to this piece, and he says, what shall we say about such wonderful things as th these? He's been writing about Jesus and the beauty of Jesus, Jesus coming into the world. What shall we say about these? And then he makes this statement, if God is for us, then who could ever be against us? Now, Paul was writing this in a, in a moment in that first century when, where Christians were going to be put to death for claiming they believed in Jesus as the Messiah, as the King. And believing in Jesus literally meant that they could be put to death. Now, I know we, in, in our minds at times, we think we live in a persecuted moment, but we don't know persecution like the first century Christians. Let's just be honest about that. We do not understand persecution the way that first century Christians who were put to death, who were literally killed and beaten for their belief in Jesus. And Paul was trying to encourage them and remind them of this truth that if God is for us, who could ever be against us? And then he says, who will condemn us? As he's writing through this, who will condemn us? No one. No one can condemn us. I mean, look at what Jesus did. Christ Jesus died for us. He not only was born to come to be with us, but he died for us. He, he put his life on the cross and, and 
willingly gave up his life. He died for us and then was raised to life for us. And he's sitting at the place of honor at God's right hand, pleading for us. Now, I want to pause on this, this slide for a minute. And I want you just to look and look at, look at the fours in this passage. The word for. Christ Jesus died for us. He was raised to life for us. And look at this. And now, Jesus is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand. And what is Jesus doing right now, this very minute? What is he doing? He is pleading for us. My friends, church, that is good news. You have an advocate. Jesus is for you. And he sits at the right hand of the creator God, the one who spoke this world into being. Jesus sits next to God the Father pleading for you and for me. How awesome is that? How good is that? And I don't know what you're walking through right now. I don't know what it is that that you're struggling with. I don't know what challenges you have in front of us. But I do know this, that Jesus sits at God's right hand and pleads for you in the midst of whatever it is that you're walking through. You are not alone, and he is for you. And our kids need to be taught that. But we need to know that. We need to know that, that Jesus He came to be with us, and Jesus came for us. And in this moment, he is sitting next to God, pleading for you. Oh my gosh, how awesome is that? I mean, we all want an advocate in life, don't we? I mean, every single one of us wants someone to advocate for us. We want someone to to be on our side. We want someone to cheer for us. We want to be the kid who doesn't quite know the answer, standing on the stage and have people yelling the answer to help us. We need someone to help us know how to get through. And that is Jesus who's pleading on our behalf. And not just Jesus in heaven pleading on our behalf, Jesus who gave his very spirit to walk with us, to counsel us, to convict us. And Paul doesn't quit there. He goes on, one of my favorite passages in all of Scripture, can anything ever separate us from God's love? Can anything ever separate you from God's love? Does it mean that he no longer loves us? So you might find yourself like me every now and then going, God, if you are for me, then why in the world do I have this challenge in front of me? Have you ever thought that? Come on, be honest. Have you ever thought that? God, if you are for me, God, if you love me, then why would I have this in front of me? It's okay. You can be honest. We're in church, I know, but you can be honest with that. You know, I'm a parent. I'm a dad. I have three kids. And if you have kids, this has happened in your past. I know it has. And if you've been a kid, you've used this. Um, so, you know, you go to the store, you go to the mall. I haven't been to a mall in a long time. I don't like going to the mall. Anybody with me? You just don't like the mall? Yeah, stay away. Do it. Let's revolt. Um, 
stay away from the mall. But when we used to go to the mall and we used to have our kids, and you know, they would set up those things in the middle of the mall that would draw the attention of the kids. You know, they would get your attention. And every now and then they have the people who come out and they're like, oh, your hands look dry. Let me put this. And I'm like, that's not for the kids. Like, I don't... I don't need anything on my hands. Just leave me alone. And, but then they have like this like stand, and it has like the ball or the, the, um, the dog that's running around barking or whatever it is, and your kid's like, I need that. I need that. Dad, I need that. <laughs> and I'm like, no, like you don't need that. Like it's, I mean, it's terrible, and it's way too expensive, and it's going to break, and this store is only going to be in business for two days, and then I don't know where to take it back when it breaks. So no, you can't have the dog. And okay, so here's where I'm going. And then as a kid, you looked up at your parent, or your child looked up at you, and they look at you with those eyes. You know what I'm talking about? And they say it. I thought you loved me. <laughs> you know what I mean? You've been there, right? But I thought you loved me. I thought you loved me, Dad. I just want the dog. <laughs> and you're like, like if you're, it depends on what type of parent you are. For me, it's, it's a moment, it's a lesson, right? There's no chance he's getting the dog at that point. But for Robin, he's definitely getting the dog. I mean, that's all she needs is I thought you loved me. I do love you. You can have the dog. What else do you want? Here's, here, let me give you my credit card, whatever. So look at what Paul says. He wants us to know that nothing can separate us from God's love, even when we have trouble and calamity and we find ourselves going, but God, I thought you loved me. Ooh, it got quiet. Maybe a little personal there. But God, I thought you loved me. Even if we have trouble or are persecuted or we're hungry or destitute or we're in danger or we're threatened with death, even if we're threatened with death, even in the most difficult of circumstances in life, despite all of these things, look, 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 despite all of these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loves us. The circumstances of our lives do not determine whether or not God loves us. Let me say that again. The circumstances of your life and my life do not determine and do not make sense at times. They are not telling us whether or not God loves us, the circumstances of our lives, because we live in a broken world. People hurt us. We hurt others. Things will not go as we plan. But still, nothing can separate us from the love of God that is known through Christ Jesus. And friends, this is good news. This is good news. The Christmas story is good news. Look at what Jesus himself said. He said, I have come that you might have life and might have it to the full. Jesus came not to give us all of our wishes because whether or not we believe it to be true, if we got everything we wished for, we would be miserable. And what's so interesting about this is that we know this is true with our kids, don't we? Those of you who are parents, you know that if you give your kids everything they want, it will not be good for them, right? Are you there? <laughs> it's true, isn't it? If you give your kids everything that they want, it will not be good for them, and life will not go well for them. We know that to be true. The same is true for us. 
If God just came to give us everything we wanted, this world would be a bigger mess than it already is. Some of you are like, that's not possible. It is. It is. Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and you might have it to the full. God sees you. God sees you. And he hears you. Whatever it is that you're walking through, it doesn't mean that God has turned his back or that he's distanced himself or ignored or forgotten you. No, no, he sees you, he hears you, he's with you, but, but God is also for you. And not for you in the, in the traditional way of us thinking that God is for me. Like when we think, oh, he's for me, so he wants me to have everything I want. No, 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 we know that's not, we know that's not good for us. I mean, we don't want to know that, but we know it. God sees us. He hears us. He's with us. He's for us. So I want to give you, we've got, I don't know, a week and a half before Christmas, almost two weeks before Christmas, something like that. And if you're like me, if you're like most families, um, it's going to get really busy the next couple weeks. Christmas parties, dinners, gifts that you forget. And last minute, you're like, I got to get something, Amazon Prime, shipping's not good right now, what am I going to do? I know what you're thinking, like, it just gets chaotic and stressful and all of those, those things. And if we're not careful, we slip past Christmas without remembering and celebrating the God who is with us and for us. And we, let's not miss, let's not miss the good news that is right before us. That is with us. In Psalms, the writer says this, God is our refuge and strength. And for some of you, this is um, maybe the passage for you to, to just chew on this week. That God is your refuge and strength. Like if you're in this moment of just overwhelmed, overcome, questions, I want you to know that God is a refuge for you and a strength when you feel like you can't go on. God is a refuge for you and he's a strength for you. And he is always, I mean, how good is this? God is always ready to help in our times of trouble. He's ready. Now, David, who maybe authored this, this part of Psalms, probably didn't see this, understand it, know it, and it wasn't fully uh, there in this way, but when David wrote, he's always ready to help us in our times of trouble, I, Jesus, they don't, like God, he just doesn't see us, like Jesus is pleading on your behalf. I mean, how good is that? Like, he's pleading for you. And for me. So we will not fear when earthquakes come and the mountains crumble to the sea. Doesn't it feel like that at times in our world? That it feels like the, the ground is even shaking and there's no stability and, and the mountains are crumbling to the sea. We will not fear in those moments. And if you read down in the psalm, I just wanted to pull out one, one more verse that I think is, is for us, this Advent. He says this. So be still and know that I am God. So be still. 
and know that I am God. So, is there a way that you, in your schedule the next couple weeks, is there a way that you could just be still? And maybe it means like slipping onto your back patio in the morning, in the early morning when it's freezing, take a blanket with you (laughs) before the sun comes up to just be still before anybody else gets up. Or after others go to bed to get on your back patio or in your favorite chair in front of the fire. I made, last night I got a fire going in our fireplace. It was brilliant. <laughs> I mean, I, I should have taken a picture. It was, it was one of those fires that you just get it going and then it just burns and you just want to sit in front of it all night. And um, Robin came in and she sat next to me and I was sitting there and she said, what are you thinking about? And I said, nothing. <laughs> and it was awesome just to sit there with nothing on my mind. Be still. Just be still and know that he is God. So is there time that you might be able to be still in the next couple weeks? Before we celebrate the beauty, the good news, the, the mystery that is Jesus, God with us, Emmanuel. And Voskamp said this, I want a Christmas that whispers Jesus. My challenge with that is I don't know that I would hear it. I don't know that I would hear it. Advent is all about watching and waiting with expectation and with wonder, knowing that that God is the one who saw and he heard and he entered in through Jesus. And he entered in to be with us and he entered in because he's for us. He wants us to know life and know it abundantly. So we're going to sing about the story of Jesus together. And as we sing the story of Jesus, I just want to give you space. Um, Maybe it's lighting a candle in the next few moments. Light which represents God's presence in Scripture most often. Maybe you just want to light a candle and just say, God, in the next two weeks, in the busyness, I'm going to be still, and I just pray that your light would show up. So maybe it's the candle. Um, Maybe you want to take communion today. There's communion in the middle rings. um, And communion is just this reminder, this visible, tangible reminder that God is for you, that Jesus' body was broken for you and for me, and that his blood was poured out for you and for me so that we might have life and have it to the full. So maybe you want to take communion And as you take it, just say, God, thank you for being for me. Thank you for being for me. And then in the back of the room, there's a prayer wall, and we'll have some prayer partners um, who will will just be hanging out there. And maybe you just need someone to pray for you. Maybe you're in a place where you're like, man, I don't don't even know what to pray, but I need prayer. And so we're going to have a couple of prayer partners there. We just want to give you space. Will Will you stand with me? as we uh, begin this time. So God, um,
It's interesting that you showed up with some shepherds hanging out in the fields in a little obscure village to proclaim the birth of the king of the universe. It's just, that's, it's just interesting to me. It's interesting to me that you didn't show up in Jerusalem where the power brokers were. Were the structures that could bring about change. You didn't show up in Rome or Ephesus, the great cities of the day. You showed up in a hillside where some dirty shepherds were watching over some flocks. I think it's a reminder to me, should be a reminder to us, that you show up in the most obscure places to those who have the eyes to see and ears to hear. God, I pray that would be us. That we would know you're with us. We would know you're for us. And that we would experience the life that Jesus has for us. Give us that life, we pray in Jesus' name.